Welcome to the Empower Your Life podcast, where you can find some of the best health and life tips to keep you active and living life without having to go through surgeries, procedures, or medication. We want to give you hope that this is all possible, as the body has an amazing ability to heal if we give it the right environment. We also wanted to make sure that you stay tuned to the end of this podcast for a very special offer if you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. On that note, let's dive into this week's episode. Okay. Let's get started. <clears throat> so I thought I'd first kind of start with my story um, because it's really how I started learning more about like nutrition and really getting frustrated with the whole medical system because they just don't, um, they don't give you any education around this. But I was someone that was um, super active. I grew up, um, I was a gymnast and then I played soccer and then this is me. At SMU, I played college soccer, and then I played some professional soccer, and then I got into marathon training, and <clears throat> literally in my 20s, I completely fell apart. Um, I was exhausted at the end of the day, taking naps before going out to dinner with my friends, and um, I, in a year and a half period of time, I had bronchitis, and then I had pneumonia, um, and then I had cancer, and I dealt with um, my cancer for two and a half years. Um, had two surgeries, basically had a virus that just kept on attacking me, but I couldn't get rid of it. But I knew something was off too, but I just thought, I just didn't know what it was. And uh, <clears throat> when I hit my low point, I basically was like, said, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. I don't want a third surgery. And they doctors basically said um, that I have four months to figure it out. And I said, well, what else can I do? Because all we're doing is like waiting and seeing, like, let's wait oh, it attacks, let's do surgery, take out pieces of me, um, and I just don't want to do that anymore. And they said, there's nothing that you can do. Your body, you're young, it'll eventually go away. And I was like, well, this is crazy. Um, there's got to be something for me to be able to do. And at the same time, one of my friends who was a nutritionist, who I played soccer with, um, she was reaching out to me and basically saying, hey, there's this like whole food product that's pretty fantastic. You should look into it. The research is pretty phenomenal. And I literally was like, no, I'm not ready. Um, like, I, I don't I don't believe in anything else. I know we should be getting it from our foods, even though my diet was horrific in my 20s. Um, and when I hit my low point, I was looking and doing research on anything and everything. And at the time, I, you know, I thought my diet was good, was good enough, because I didn't think that you could look like as fit as I looked without with, with having a really bad diet. And everything that I learned in school um, I have multiple degrees. I have my uh, master's in exercise physiology as well as physical therapy. And uh, I just knew that um, that you need to get your stuff from food, but I, but I didn't know what really kinds of food. We just didn't really learn about that, even though there was a lot of education around diet and food. So I um, um, <clears throat> called my friend after looking at a lot of the research on this like whole food plant-based product. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm ready to look, to learn Um you know, give me some more information and decided, okay, let me, let me give this a try. Um, so I started this, uh, juice plus and essentially four months later, it was enough nutrition that allowed my body to heal. Um, I started making other like small changes, but it, they weren't really big. And when, after four months, when everything was normal, I was like, oh my gosh, um, this is just plants and I really need to look into more. Um, about what's like why this is working and so I just started diving into a lot of research and, and learning and learning um, and literally looking at like you know different disease processes from 
cancer to heart disease to diabetes to autoimmune to all these things and everything kept on pointing back to fruits and vegetables fruits and vegetables fruits and vegetables and so um and I really got pissed and was trying to figure out how I could really integrate this into my into my PT practice and so that's kind of what we're going to talk about a little bit today like why it's so important <clears throat> so I want to get into a few other things like from a PT perspective <clears throat> you know we feel pain really three different ways. We feel pain mechanically, which is, you know, how we move, our patterns, um, you know, our joint movement, our muscle movement, our strength, how it's all put together. Like, that's the mechanics. And um, <clears throat> and you can be off, and, and the mechanical part of what you're doing throughout the day could be creating pain and problems, um, which is what we do as physical therapists. But you also can have chemical pain. And chemical pain is like that. I twisted my ankle, had that inflammation. It's like throbby, achy. Um, that's the chemicals, and chemicals can treat chemicals. So, like when I talk to people about like we've got to get to the source of the problem, this is what we're talking about. Like if if it's a mechanical issue, you've got to address the mechanics. Chemicals cannot cannot fix the mechanics. Chemicals can help with chemicals. Um, and then you have thermal, which is burn sunburn. So we can kind of take those off off the plate. But we don't ever get into kind of like the emotional um, side of things, which is that chronic stress that can create pain. And we definitely don't get into kind of the autoimmune diet-related poor gut health causing causing pain and our body kind of misfiring. And that's really what we're going to talk about today because we see it all the time and no one really understands how to, like, what's going on and why it happens. So we live in a time where our children are more harmed by poor diet than <clears throat> exposure to alcohol, drugs, or tobacco combined. Um, due to a poor diet, this generation has a shorter life expectancy than our parents. And that's for the first time, which is really scary. And, you know, <clears throat> I follow Dr. David Katz on everything, like even COVID stuff. I'm following Dr. David Katz on stuff. I really like um, what he says. But this is these are just some of the things that, that he's even said. And as Americans, we just aren't really healthy. I mean, like heart disease is the top, top, top disease that kills us in the United States. Like, we have more deaths in heart disease than we do of any other thing, even COVID, <laughs> any other thing every single year. Um, <clears throat> one in three women and one in two men will have cancer in their, their lifetime. Over 20 million children and adults have diabetes, and that's growing. It used to be called adult-onset diabetes, and now it's just like kids are getting type 2 diabetes. It's totally diet-related. 64% of our adults are overweight. Um, and our na national expenditures, it's actually up. That was in 2005. It's somewhere close to like $9,000 per person is what we are spending in healthcare. And we are not even getting very good healthcare at that. And really the reality gets worse with our kids. Um, the, you know, by the age of 12, there's estimated that 70% of our children will, will develop the beginning stages of hardening of the arteries that one in three Americans born in 2000 will de develop diabetes, which is really scary. There's so many complications with that. <clears throat> one in four children are obese. Um, nearly 50% of adolescents um, remain obese as adults. And then we have the whole, like, ADHD thing, which that was me, <laughs> total ADHD as a kid. Um, you know, and over 93% of the children and adolescents do not consume the recommendation of, like, just at least three servings per day. Like, the biggest vegetable that we get in our kids' bodies, actually in our, in our bodies in general, is french fries. Like, that's, like... That's a vegetable, and that's the number one vegetable that we eat in the United States, which is really scary. But here's the good news. Over 70% of our diseases in this country is preventable through good nutrition. 
70%. Um, and I'm telling you, like, heart disease can be prevented. Um, it's pr There's some pretty amazing research showing, you know, vessels that have been closed down and having, a, a, you know, a whole food plant-based diet and those vessels opening back up again. And these are, like, some of the worst of the worst cases um, to, you know, things like breast cancer. Breast cancer is a very preventable disease through diet. Not, you know, not 100% of it's going to be, but if you can get like 80% of it or 90%, of that's a huge chunk of, of things that, that that can be prevented. So there's just a lot of things um, that we do, that we can do a diet that can prevent things. So, you know, when we look at, you know, our government spends billions of dollars trying to find cures to heart disease, cancer, and other diseases. And the cl conclusion is it's a lot easier to prevent um, the disease and it is to cure the disease. And, and really when you look at it, and this is true for physical therapy, what we do to prevent or what we do to, to help with an injury is also what you do to prevent an injury. And it's really similar. Um, you know, the recommendations that what we should be getting every single day into our body is seven to 13 um, servings of fruits and vegetables. Um, but the problem is, is that almost no one does. And I can tell you in my 20s, I could have two or three days that I did not eat a single fruit or vegetable. And I knew they were important. I just didn't know how important. And I thought like one or two here or there was, was good enough. And boy, was I wrong. Um, and we'll talk to you more about why. So let's get into like oxidative stress and what that is. Um, so when we breathe in oxygen, we use that oxygen and uh, our body, like we have to, if we don't have oxygen, we can't live. So our body uses the oxygen and the byproduct of us using the oxygen is called oxidative stress. And that oxidative stress creates free radical damage in our body. And when that accumulates over time, that really is what creates the disease process. And that's really, you know, depending on like, what is your weakest link, which is kind of how your genes are, you know, are made up of, that's what it goes to. So if your weakest link is heart disease, then that oxidative stress is going to go towards the heart disease. If it's hormonal, it's going to go towards hormonal. If it's more autoimmune, it's going to go more towards autoimmune. But that the, the, the process is really the same. So how do you combat that? You combat that with antioxidants. And that's, that's why you see one half of the apple is brown. So like, you know, you see the, that's the, what happens when you get oxygen to like when you cut an apple and you have oxygen that, that it just sits out, then it's going to turn brown. But if you go and you take like lime juice and you put it over the other part, it has a very protective layer to where it doesn't brown like the other side. And that's essentially what we're trying to do. That's what the antioxidants are for, which come from plants. Um, that's, that's where the antioxidants come for. So the more that you plants that you get into your body, the more that it reduces the oxidative stress that we create from just breathing in oxygen. So different causes of oxidative stress. Obviously, diet's a big one. Uh, medications and treatments, air, water pollutants, fast food, stress, lack of good nutrition, inadequate amounts of physical activity, um, excessive exercise, people don't think that's a thing, but um, you, when you are like those, you know, athletes like myself, well, we were literally exercising all the time. I played soccer, so like I literally probably ran 10 miles every time I played a game and probably even in practice as well. Um, you know, your body, you're breathing in even more oxygen, which pr produces even more damage to our body, which means we even need to eat even more fruits and vegetables. So, you know, there's a lot of things that can kind of create that oxidative stress, and this is why it's so important that we add plants to our diet so that we can really reduce this. 
And so when you look at it, you know, this is where it leads to the disease process. You know, if, if the skin is, is a problem, you're gonna, your skin's going to age. I mean, when, when we get wrinkles on our face as we get older, and that's just because it's it, our body, like it's oxidative stress in our body. It's, it's part of the aging process. Now, the cool thing is, is if you add, if you continue to eat a ton of plants every single day, you can actually slow that aging process sets down and you can kind of tell when people have had like um you know when they smokers that have uh, been smoking like they age much quicker because they're just putting a lot more chemicals and stuff in their body but you can also be amazed at people that are older and you're like how they look amazing um that that's because you know they're they're what they've done you know that with their diet and their and what's how they've treated their body has been um amazing that, that that's what happens you know your aging just gets better um, kidney disease um, it can create, you know, lead oxidative stress can lead to that joints, lungs, brain, you name it. That's the process. Like the process is the exact same. That's what's really cool. And the process of getting out of it is is literally the exact same. So potential side effects of free radical damage. You get a lowered immune system, which is essentially what happened to me. You get frequent fatigue, low energy levels, which I can't like that totally happened to me. I literally was like um, taking naps before going out to dinner with friends because I was so tired after working. Um, and I just thought it was because I wasn't used to working since I was in school for like forever. Um, but that wasn't the case. Um, frequent illness, cold and flu, asthma, cell damage leading to cancer, DNA, strand mutations. I mean, like literally like this, this was me to, to a T. Physical signs that you can get are joint issues such as knee arthritis, shoulder bursitis, elbow tendonitis. Um, when you start getting some of these itises, it's it's a literally the body not being able to recover fast enough, and you just keep on putting the load on the on those um, joints, and you start and you have you you start having issues. Like that's how like you get injuries is when you overload things, the body can't recover from it, and you keep on loading it, and all of a sudden you're like, why is my elbow hurting? Why is my knee hurting? Why is my shoulder hurting? And it's because of some of those things. Eye issues, cataract, macular degeneration, all due to oxidative stress. Free radical damage, again, can lead to heart disease. You know, the LDL didn't start out bad. It was oxidized. And um, the lining of the article is really, you know, is free radical damage looks like spongy material blocking the artery. And so, again, it's the same process. And really the answer, like what I was telling you about to the free radical problem are antioxidants. They neutralize the free radicals by giving them an electron. And when you can neutralize that, you basically, you don't have it. So the more antioxidants we can get into our body to help neutralize that oxidative stress, the less likely it is that you're going to go down that disease path. Um, the, you know, your recovery is going to be better. You're just going to feel better overall. And again, like I said, where do you get antioxidants from? Fresh, raw fruits and vegetables. And literally, why raw? When you start cooking some of the things, you're cooking some of the nutrition out. So raw is always best. Um, but when you do cook them, you just don't want to cook your food to where it's like, like mushy, because essentially then you've cooked all the nutrition out of it. And so when you look at like what's in an apple, um, you know, there's tens of thousands of different phytonutrients, vitamins, minerals um, that are. In, in an apple and essentially there may be like for instance there's very little calcium in an apple but you're going to get more calcium absorbed because into the body because it's all of everything working synergistically together all those nutrients that are in the apple are working together and your body knows what to use it for 
your body knows what to take from it. And what I take from an apple and what someone else may take from apple is completely different because our body knows what to do with it. It's food. It's when you have synthetic things that we're putting in our body that our body has no clue what to do with. So how much do we need? As we said before, 7 to 13, 9 to 13 servings of raw fruits and vegetables per day. Variety, type, color, different colors of fruits and vegetables affect the body differently. And we need this every day. This is not just sometimes. My life in my 20s, it was just sometimes. <laughs> my life now, it's every day. Um, my problem is I tend to eat the same foods every day because it's just easy for me to um, not think about it. I, I tend to go for the same thing. So that's where I always have to get better is, um, is really kind of getting that variety and getting a lot of colors and trying to eat different foods because our body takes, um, takes different things from different colors of the foods. So how many servings do we need each day? We said 7 to 13, but when you're an athlete like how I was, um, you need to double that because literally you're breathing double the oxygen. So when I'm running, you're taking in more oxygen. You need double the plants. And, and when you're chronically ill, when you have something that is really, um, that is, you know, cancer or, um, you know, diabetes or things like that, you need to triple it because your body is fighting so hard that you need even more produce. And, and that's hard to do. Um, so let's get into a little bit about the protein myths. And like, that's what the biggest question that I get when people ask me, well, where do you get your protein if you eat all these plants? So we eat way too much animal protein. Plants are a way better source of protein, and we'll learn about this here in a second. We only need about 50 to 60 grams of protein per day, which equals about 10% of our energy needs. And we really can actually live off of like 5% of the energy needs from protein. The national average of protein, and this, this comes from mostly animals, is 15 to 17% protein. That's 70 to 100 grams per day. So how much is 50 to 60 grams of protein? So 12 grams of protein is in 100 calories of spinach. Like we don't think that like that, that vegetables have very much protein. Well, actually like green leafy vegetables have a ton of protein. So about five cups of spinach is um, around 100 calories. It's like one cup is about 20 calories. Um, that's 12 grams of protein. So five grams of protein are in 100 calories of raw chickpeas, which is just over two tablespoons. Um, 13 grams of protein and 100 calories of a porterhouse steak, which is just um, one and a half ounces. So that kind of gives you an idea of like how many grams, like 50 to 60 grams are. So what does the research tell us about protein? So if you've never read the China study, it's a pretty fantastic book. Um, and there's a great movie that's called Forks Over Knives, and it's based off of the China study. So if you haven't watched that movie, I would highly recommend it. You'll be like in awe of what you can do with your diet. But Colin T. Campbell did a repeat study from the research paper in India, and he basically went over to India so that he, because he thought he was going over there to really help the poor because they were getting sick. They had a lot of sickness, and he was going over there to really kind of what he thought was going to be helping the poor. But what happened was when he went over there, he he noticed that everyone that was um, that had a lot of money, they were the one that, that was getting liver cancer. And he was like, well, this is really interesting. Um, and when they had a lot of money, that they tended to eat a lot more meat. And what was happening was when they did have a lot of money, you're eating a lot more off the land, you're eating more plants and those kind of things. Well, they had chemicals that were sprayed over their food. And it was the chemicals that actually was creating their liver cancer. 
But what happened was the people that did that had animal foods literally could not process the chemical, and they were getting liver cancer. And the people that ha- were eating plant foods, um, their body was able to take that chemical and um, and get rid of it. And so the peop- the the poor population w- wasn't having the same issues because of their diet. So that so he was really interested in this. And when he was over there, he saw a research paper on, done on rats with protein. And so he was like, wow, I'm going to go repeat this study. This is really interesting. I Because if you ever knew Colin T. Campbell, he came from a dairy farmer. So he was like, this is crazy. So basically what they did was they gave 20% um, animal protein in the diet um, to rats. Um, and when they and the animal protein that they gave him was casein. So casein's a big ingredient that's actually in milk. So 20% of animal protein, all the rats were dead or near dead from liver cancer. 5% um, um, protein from animal, all the rats were alive. And he literally could turn cancer on and turn cancer off based off of the animal protein, um, which is pretty pretty crazy. But the plant protein, when they gave them plant protein, these rats, it did not produce the same effects. And in reality, when, when you looked at the, the low protein um, that – well, not necessarily low protein, but the protein that was from more from plants, they were actually healthier. They lived longer. They were more physically active. They were slimmer. They had healthier coats. They ate more calories and burned off more calories, which is crazy. They consumed more oxygen. They had higher levels of the special adipose tissue, which was especially effective in burning off calories. So, way different outcome with animal with a with a plant protein versus animal protein. So this is just a funny thing on, like, where you, where do you get your protein from? So here's a little bit on, you know, plants versus animal based on protein from, from the China study. So if we go and look at plant-based foods, first of all, if you want to reduce your cholesterol, just go to a plant-based food. You don't, We get our cholesterol from animals. So if you really want to reduce it, um, yes, exercise does help, but if it's not, if, if it's not, Totally helping. If you go and you change your diet by taking off the animal foods, your cholesterol will go down the majority of the time. Now, there are a few percentage of people that it doesn't, but for the majority, it does. Um, very little fat compared to, to um, animal, animal-based foods. Protein levels, and this is equal parts, tomatoes, spinach, lima beans, peas, and potatoes versus beef, um, pork, chicken, and whole milk. And so if you look at the protein levels of those things, they're very similar. But let's look at all the vitamins, minerals that, that you get from plant foods and look at the same thing that happens with animal foods. You just don't get the same effect. And it's all these vitamins and minerals that really help our bodies heal. But you can see that you can get plenty of protein from, um, from, from plant-based foods. And there's more and more people that are coming out that basically are plant-based athletes. Um, we have... Uh, Tom Brady, he's he's one of them. I mean, oh my gosh, he's 44 years old and he's um, still killing it in, 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 in the NFL. And I think he'll probably go for another four or five years. Um, pretty phenomenal. But there's a lot more and more athletes that are coming out that are eating more of a plant-based diet and really taking care of their bodies so that they can perform at the best of their level for as long as they, they want to. So myths on protein, a lot of times we talk about, you know, the nutrition um, before exercise. The body's first choice of fuel during intense exercise is a simple carbohydrate. Um, it's something that can be broken down pretty quickly that the body doesn't have to um, really work hard for. So once a simple car- carbohydrate is burned, then your body will burn complex carbohydrates. 
Complex carbohydrates will take the energy while exercising to convert to complex carbs to simple carbs. So the, the, the more we have to go to a complex carb, the more your body is going to have to work. And that's not what you want to do when you're exercising. You want, you want to be able to exercise and have you exercise and that be the work and not have your body work any extra, extra hard. So eating too much protein before intense exercise will, will, resi will result in um, muscle cramping. Because when you go and you start breaking down like proteins, especially from like, like animal-based proteins, it takes a lot of fluid to be able to break that down. Not to mention your body has to work really hard to break that down, which is partly why when people go on these high-protein diets, they, they lose weight because their body's having to work so hard to break it down. But eventually what they find is it plateaus and, and their um, and their health is is actually um, deteriorating when they when they do some of these things. So what do we do immediately after exercise? So what is consumed after workout is vital for for basically repair and for recovery. Um, the best snack to eat um, within 45 minutes after a workout is a simple carbohydrate. Things that are actually broken down so that the body um, can. Um, take it and use it really easily. So the body's more easily able to absorb the carbohydrate from a speedy recovery. Um, you want, you know, very little fiber or fat um, needed due to, because you don't need it. You don't need, so what fiber does is it, it helps um, the absorption of the sugar go into our body slowly. So like all plants have fiber, all plants have sugar. So like when you eat an apple, you're going to get sugar from that, but the fiber actually allows the sugar to go into the bloodstream slowly, so it's really a low glycemic um, type load on our body. It doesn't, like, spike the sugar. Now, if you have no fiber then and, like, you're juicing like an orange, you're going to spike your sugar pretty quickly because it's all sugary, basically taking the fiber out. So you don't necessarily need the absorption to be slow um, after an exercise. We actually want the absorption to be a little bit faster. So skipping food after a long run will make you lethargic for your next workout because you're not going to be able to recover as fast. Too much protein um, will slow the recovery process. So small amounts are okay. Um, and again, what we think of, you know, the protein from plants is still very different than protein from, a, um, from an animal base. So the best thing to do after, like, an exercise routine is really, like, the recovery drinks, like a smoothie or things that are already broken down because your body can basically take the nutrition really quickly. It doesn't have to work to break it down and get the absorption in. It basically is in the body really easy. And so when your body's really fatigued, it doesn't have to work to get it, and you'll get better results that way. So alkalizing foods and exercise, and this is really important because this is also how we can get those, those like re repetitive overuse type injuries. Alkalizing foods are an integral part of post-exercise repair. So when we think of um, alkalizing foods are basically plants, essentially, where acidic foods in our body are animal-based foods. So acid-forming foods along with lactic acid buildup will lead to muscular stiffness, um, general stress, fatigue, and joint pain. And so if you have an acid system, which is eating more um, uh, animal-based foods, it and it becomes chronic, it starts showing signs of aging and will eventually cause ce cellular tissue de degeneration more rapidly. So that's where you're going to get that um, 
overuse type injury, you're going to get the breakdown of the tendon, you'll get like a tendonitis, or you'll get some arthritis, and, and that's the, the, the tissue breaking down. So it's really important that we really focus on more of those alkalizing foods, because that's where, where the recovery is going to be much better. So one of the things I always recommend, I always, and there's some other products that are out there that are good, but this is one that I love because there's actual research on it. Um, it's uh, the Juice Plus Complete. The reason why I like it is because it is just plants. All plants, that's, it has a nutrition label on it, it has fiber, and it has more fiber than most people will eat in a day. But it's an easy way to get a lot of different types of plants in our bodies. So these are one things that I recommend when people need like a quick meal or they're an athlete and they need like a recovery drink um, or you're just wanting to start the day good, like at the, before going to school or work. It really will help with um, just starting your day good because of all the nutrition that's in it that we typically won't, won't eat. Um, but as well as, you know, keeping you full with, uh, with you know, the, the plant fibers that, that are actually in there. So I always tell people health is 20% fitness and 80% nutrition. And, you know, if, if I, when I share my story, um, I was fit in my 20s, but I wasn't healthy. And it was the first time after I started really doing a lot of research and understanding that there's a difference between being fit and being healthy. You, you can be healthy and do everything that you want to be able to do, but you can be fit and be very unhealthy. Um, and I was, that's exactly what, how I would describe myself in the twenties. I was fit, but I was not very healthy. So let's go into like some bone myths and, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of myths around this and, and about like, you know, calcium and strong bones and how much calcium you need. Well, in our healthcare system, I really call it our sick care system. It's, um, we like to treat symptoms. And so, a lot of times, you know, when they're like, oh, let's go in and let's let's do um, a bone density exam. Okay, well, or let's go look at your calcium. Oh, it's lower, so that's not going to help your bones. So let's go give you a calcium pill. Wrong. doesn't work that way. You're treating a symptom. Or um, let's just give you a drug to make our bones even stronger. And so, again, that's wrong. Um, when you look at, like, <laughs> which is really scary, when you – look at when the bone drugs came out a long time ago back in like the 90s literally they tanked they didn't they didn't sell so they hired a really big time marketing person to come out to figure out like um how can we get these bone drugs out there to sell and he's like well we've got to have a um a testing and so they basically created a testing it was the bone density exam um the that people do today and they said okay now we're going to go and basically say okay these are the standards if you're around this 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 area then you're going to need a pill and that's how we're going to subscribe the pill and they literally didn't even have like how they came up with their standards was they basically sat around a table and said okay these are the standards this is what we're going to do like there was no research on is this really true is this not I mean osteopenia was not non-existent until like the 90s if you would go back in the 80s that was a non-existent word and so that's when you they, they started selling a whole heck of a lot more drugs. And when you look at, like, the bone density, the drugs that they, that they hand out and they give you, they're finding now they aren't doing a lot of those. They're, um, the drugs anymore because they're finding that the bones are actually more brittle. Like, they're finding, like, their femurs were, like, fracturing. Because what's happening is in our bones, like, if we fall, our bone has some give to it. So that would be like taking, like, 
you know, a basketball and, and put it on the ground, it has a little bit of give and it can kind of bounce back. Well, that's what our bones are supposed to be like. But when with these bone density drugs, what happens is they make them stronger like a plate. And so it, it puts down a different type of bone that makes it like if you happen to fall, it makes it easier to fracture. And that's what they were finding after years of, 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 of doing research um, or of what's happening like in the long term with some of these bone drugs. And when you look at calcium pills, we're going to talk about this a little bit more here later. Calcium pills don't don't fix the the solution um, as well either, um, because it really comes down to our diet. So if you look at um, go back down to talking about the alkalizing foods and the um, acidic foods. So when we eat a very acidic diet, which is again processed foods, animal foods, those kind of things it's very acidic in our body and our body can't operate that way. So what happens is it pulls calcium out of the bones to neutralize that acidity. And so that, that's the process. So if you just go and giving someone a calcium pill, you're not really fixing the problem. Um, actually, there's very little absorption that even happens, not enough um, with the calcium pills. And there's other problems that we'll get into later um, with the calcium pills. But really, you need to fix the diet. We need to go more to an alkalizing diet because if, if our body's more alkalized, it keeps the calcium in there. And I know we talked about that apple and that calcium in the apple. You'll actually get more absorption of calcium by eating an apple into the body than you will from a pill. And, and there's, there's not even a comparison on, on how much calcium is in the pill versus is in the apple. But it, again, it's everything working together that will allow the body to take what it needs um, from the real food. So when you look at like research on the Atkins diet, after six months of, on the diet, 50% or more calcium was being excreted in the urine. That's pretty crazy. Um, and essentially, that's what's happening is, is because you're, we're eating, you know, the Atkins diet back in the day, it's all like, you know, animal-based, you know, high-protein, animal-based, animal-based type foods. Well, that's very acidic, and so it pulls the calcium out of the bones, and then you're noticing the calcium's being excreted in the urine. Pretty crazy. So we talked about this, alkaline versus acidity. Um, research also shows, so milk is a part of that acidity. Milk is an animal-based food. Um, and if we look at the research on the countries that drink the most milk, guess what? The U.S. is one of the top ones. Um, we have the most fractures, uh, and it's true. And that was a research that was actually done in 1992. And so um, milk is right up there. When they say milk does the body good and it helps our bones, it, it's really – it's, they're lying. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot of research showing that that's not the case. Um, some of the research that shows that it is um, has been done by the, actually the milk industry. And so the more and more, you know, it took me a long time to get rid of milk in my diet because I was like, no, it's supposed to be good. Like it took me a long time to, to pull it out of my diet. And I can tell you, I feel a whole heck of a lot better. There's a lot of different other options out there that you can use besides milk. So here's some of the myths on the calcium supplementation. And I saw this firsthand with my dad. Um, he, they, some, for whatever reason, like doubled up on his calcium and he was having a lot of like health issues. And, and when we look at the evidence, um, you know, when you look at research actually on calcium, calcium supplementation, everything that happened here is exactly what happened with my dad. The side effects of calcium toxi toxicity is depression, which my dad had at one point in time. Um, mentally slower physically slower, which was definitely happening with my dad, um, accelerates aging, causes skin to wrinkle faster, stiffens joints and arteries. It causes blockages that result in strokes, heart attacks, and circulation problems. 
my dad had circulation problems in his legs, um, and it took a while for them to be able to basically go in and do research. And the whole reason that they had the circulation problem was because he was taking so much calcium. When they went in there to go pull everything out, literally it was just calcium deposits they were pulling out so that he could actually have circulation down in his legs. Um, once we took the calcium away from him, his mental clarity like completely changed. Um, he was moving better. Um, it was it was it was crazy the difference between him taking so much calcium and him not taking calcium, and it was pretty quickly. But it's kind of scary because this is what we tell everyone that that this is what we need to do, and we have to be careful when we mega dose anything because when you mega dose anything, you're just um, it's very synthetic and and it can do sometimes more harm than good in the body. So you just have to be careful on things that we take. So a lot of times, you know, we're too busy and there's no other options. And I can tell you for myself, when I first started in this journey, the whole reason why I was looking for other options was because I was completely exhausted. Like I, if, if someone came and told me at the time that I had to completely revamp my diet um, to help me improve my condition, I, I think I would have been like, oh my God, I don't even have the capacity. I'm so exhausted. Um, and so that's, that's where, you know, you have to be really careful with some of the supplementations that, that are out there because traditional supplements lack regulation. There's no regulation on anything. They often make false claims. There's so many supplements out there. It's crazy. Claims are investigated too late. They're man-made synthetic substances and they're fractional vitamins and minerals. And like, if you look at like a whole food and in that apple scenario, this is like, a, you know, on the left-hand side is like all the different phytonutrients that you get from like a whole food and on the right is basically what they pull out for a supplement so you have to be really careful on what you take there's just not a lot of research on a lot of the um, products that are out there so when you look at like whole food versus fractional vitamins when you pull out one element such as vitamin c it's like it's like putting a pill that's ineffective. It would be like expecting a French horn to sound as good as an orchestra or pulling out the quarterback and thinking that the football team is going to work really well. It just doesn't work. Um, that it, do, it doesn't work. And what does the research tell us on a lot of the stuff that's out there? Like the Cancer Society says that numerous research studies have been very disappointing in proving any link to vitamins and preventing cancer. Um, heart disease very, um, say they advise people getting a whole food diet with fruits, vegetables, and grains. And there's just really lack of, of data to substantiate the theory that vitamins um, prevent disease. And that's like synthetic vitamins, vitamins that you get from like whole foods, completely different. So do we have enough hard time eating fruits and vegetables? And I can tell you, um, I, that was me, um, you know, and even today, like I still have a hard time getting, getting that variety in, not to mention like if, if, you know, when I was a kid, I was a super picky eater. So I know that's definitely the case for a, a lot of parents these days. So there's got to be some, some other options out there. So some of the solutions that are food-based are juicing, um, blending, blending and juicing, and smoothies. Kind of we've talked about that a little bit. Plant-based smoothie mix. One thing that I would tell you that some of the smoothie mix that are out there, like whey protein is like a very, um, people think it's super healthy. And it's not, it's very inflammatory to the body. Basically, whey protein is um, is the dis is like the byproduct like of them making cheese. It's what they throw away. And they're like, I bet we can repurpose this, put it in a smoothie and call it like a really high protein drink. And 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 that's what they've done with the whey protein. I don't care if it's plain, it, you know, I don't care how they prepare it. 
it is very inflammatory to the body. And I would be very careful on any kind of smoothie mix that's like that. Growing your own food, another great option. Um, we have a program here. We call it the Shred 10. Um, we have cooking books and simple meals that we just help people um, move into. Um, we have um, yeah, whole food concentrates too, which we've talked a little bit about just plus something that I um, have done a lot of research on and is my first experience of helping me really understand like how plant, why plants are so important. So again, like I said, this shakes, Smoothies are like the new cereal. I was like a big cereal freak, and now I'm like a big big smoothie freak. It's it's something that I make all the time for myself. Um, it's really easy on the digestion when you can give your body a break because again, it's pre digested. It's 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 food that's already broken down, so you don't have to like actually eat the food, have it go down in, into your stomach, and then have the nutrition go, going out. It'll actually get into your system really quickly, and it'll give your digestion an ease and you know for the day. Other things, other ways, um, you know, you can make a traditional garden. Um, there's a thing, it's called the tower garden. I love, um, I actually have this at home as well. But it's an easy way that you can actually grow your own produce as well. Talk about kids um, not wanting to eat greens. They will eat a green off of this because they actually grow it. Um, and it's, it's pretty phenomenal. It's really easy to grow. Um, you don't need a lot of water. It uses only like 10% of the water. I literally check it once a week, especially in the winter. Um, when it's warmer, it's twice a week that you kind of have to check it. There's no weeding, bending, tilling. Easy to do, fun for the whole family. And then we have programs here where we call the, the Shred 10, where it's like a 10-day kind of jump start, just trying to get people to move towards just cooking a little bit more and, um, you know, finding new ways of eating, eating plants and um you know, we have a lot of recipes and, and blogs and things that we share with people to, to move them in that direction. One of the things that we add is what I talked about is a Juice Plus. It's something that's been around, actually it's been in the market, I think, for like 30 years now. It's the largest whole food selling plant-based product. And really what got me interested in it was actual research that was on, <clears throat> on the product. And this is just some of the research that's been published actually on the product. And these, some of these, these journals like medicine, exercise, science, and sports, medicine and science and sports and exercise is one of the top like exercise journals that you can, that you can be in. Um, the journal of, of cardi cardiology, JACC is also one of the top cardiac journals. So these are just top journals that um, is really hard to get into. Um, and is again, one reason why I, um, like this product because I feel no, I, I know the research behind it. They have studies showing the healthy immune um, supporting immune system actually balancing the immune system. So if you're revved up because you have autoimmune types type conditions, it brings you down. And if you're down low, like how I was, where you're catching everything underneath the sun, um, that brings it up and it balances the immune system. Helps reduce oxidative stress, which we've talked about that. These are all the different studies showing that. Um, and that it actually gets absorbed into the body, which is key because some of the things like when you look at like multivitamins, they don't get absorbed into the body. The body literally like your 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 pee color is completely different because um, your body's not being able to absorb what is actually in it. And, um, you know, there's two studies showing, um, you know, positively impacting markers of that chronic inflammation, which is key for, you know, especially in our field with physical therapy, it's it's, it's key for reducing, 
you know, inflammation in the body from, from injuries or, or from anything, just making our joints, you know, just feel better. Um, it also reduces the marker of oxidative stress due to, due to exercise. Pretty phenomenal research study. I won't get into it, but it was, um, it's something that um, they did the COBRA force so they could really control everything um, with the people and, and how they ate and how they exercised and all of that stuff. And uh, it was pretty remarkable what the results were from, from you know, this, this particular study on exercise. One of the things I also love about it is that they have a program where kids can eat it for free. So, and if adult orders products, then kids can get it. And what they've seen in this, like, in this ongoing research that's still going on today is that, you know, kids are eating more fruits and vegetables. And I know for myself, I was a picky eater, even in my 20s. And now I eat things that I never thought I would eat. Like my palate completely changed. Um, less fast food, soft drinks, making better choices, fewer doctor visits, um, less school work miss. Um, so literally like less doctor visits and less school work miss um, is money that's saved <laughs> in, in your pocket, especially these days with, with the way healthcare costs are. So I always love this. We need to go to the pharmacy but it needs to be a different kind of pharmacy. It needs to be one where we're actually getting plants. And ultimately, you know, what do you take from this? You know, your health should be a priority. I can tell you, um, you know, just from our healthcare system in general, it's not set up to really help you. Uh, I got frustrated because I had to go and do research for myself and now I can take some of this stuff and and really help my patients and move them in a different direction, regardless if I can help them or if I can send them some them to someone who um, can help them. But doctors get zero education in nutrition, zero. Like it'll be on tube feeding or something like that. So they don't really understand like how nutrition can really help their body and help prevent diseases. Um, I, I learned that really quickly with multiple things that happened throughout my life, but specifically in my 20s. Um, we need to focus on prevention. The more that we can look at, at doing prevention, you know, I, I like to tell you, you know, we do prevention on testing and really when we do all these testing, which are preventative measures in our healthcare system, really it's a, I hope I don't have anything. It's really not preventing anything because you're not doing anything to help with that prevention. And really it's up to you to, con to take control of yourself and strategize for better health. Um, it doesn't have to be difficult. We can keep it really simple. Um, it's not all these complicated plans out there. It's really just starting with one thing um, and then building upon that. So if you go and you think about each month um, taking something new that you're going to do or you're going to add or you're going to take away. So like I could be like January, I'm going to add two more vegetables every single day to what I'm eating or I'm going to take away soda um, so that I'm not and I'm going to replace it with like water or whatever the case may be. This is how you can start taking your journey and, and, and moving in the right direction. You don't get from point A to point B fast. <laughs> um, it doesn't work that way. You've got to take it step by step, and we're all on our own journey. And, um, and it just, you know, some people can get there faster, and some people it takes longer. But it doesn't matter. It's our own journey. We need to get more antioxidants from fruits and vegetables. And then if you really want to bridge that gap, then, you know, Juice Plus is one of the only products that I know that has actual research on the product. And it's the one that I would recommend because it is just plants. It's foods that they basically juice, dehydrate, um, and put, put in a capsule. Um, so we all can stand to have a little bit more fruits and vegetables in our diet.
Thank you for joining this week's episode of the Empower Your Life podcast. This was filmed during one of our live free events. If you would be interested in joining our free events, please be sure to check out our website for upcoming details. And if you find yourself in a similar situation where you don't know where to turn as far as your next steps in your own health, be sure to check in the description for a link to our free discovery visit where you can sit down one-on-one with one of our PTs and find out your next steps. Thank you again for joining us. Now go empower everybody around you.